This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. Hello, I am Gavin Rushnell, and welcome to the first episode of the Orlando City Supporter Conclusions podcast, a podcast hosted by myself covering every Orlando City game. From rants to riches, a supporter's perspective of Orlando City Soccer Club. Today, I will be covering Orlando City's 10th game of the season against Toronto FC. Unfortunately, a 2-0 defeat. And there was, um, I'd say, some positives and some negatives to the game. Um, So how this podcast works is I kind of go through the game. I start with the lineup, then I'm going to go through the first half. I have a couple players I want to mention for each half. And then I go through the second half again some players to mention and then um, just kind of talk about different things throughout the game. So let's just get started with that. And we are first going to start with the lineup. The lineup, I said I was happy with the lineup, even though Dwyer, um, you know, he's been out of form recently. I was happy that he started and I think he just he needed to start to get his confidence up. I think O'Connor made the correct decision to start Don Dwyer. I don't, I don't necessarily think, think he deserved it, uh, especially after his miss against um, New York. Uh, What a miss that was. I don't know how he missed that, but you have to start him to get his confidence back up. And uh, so I was happy, you know, I've been happy with the lineups recently since we've changed to the four, three, three. I think we've defended better in that system, and I think we've attacked better too, as we saw in the first half. As for Toronto's lineup, no Altidore was a positive, and their defense looked weak. Boy, was I wrong. And I said Mueller, Mueller could have a field day off the bench. Again, I was wrong. As for the first half, um, in the third minute, Morrow had a free header, and that was from us backing off. Um, I believe it was Moutinho and Johnson on the left side, both giving the crosser way too much space. We backed off and, you know, Morrow got a nice header early. You know, it's just a chance. It's nothing crazy. Uh, went over the bar. Maybe Rowe probably would have saved it, especially after the game he had. But yeah, Morrow, chance, third minute. On to the eighth, Nani had a brilliant play. Um, he held ball up. He held the ball up well. He crossed it out to Juan, who just did nothing with it. You know, he tried to turn the defender. The defender marshaled him out of play. He did good. It was good defending, to be fair. To be fair, it was good defending. Next, I noticed Nani and Akindele were switching flanks the whole entire half. And one one second would be Nani on the left, Akindele on the right, Dwyer in the middle. Even sometimes Dwyer switched. Next, you would see. Uh, Nani on the right, Dwyer on the left, and Akindele through the middle. It was it was good to see. You know, we don't always see how, you know, our team is usually straightforward. Nani on the left, Dwyer in the middle, Akindele on the right, or Mueller on the right, Akindele up front, something. It, we're always just so almost just like direct one-sided. Instead, it looked like we were trying to mix them up, you know, throw Dwyer or throw Nani on their right back, throw Nani on their left back and see which one is struggling more against Nani. Both of them were doing pretty good. Um, You know, the first half we had plenty of chances. We just couldn't take them. And yeah, it was good to see us switch it up. 
The next thing I wrote down, um, we are having good possession, but so are Toronto. Both teams seem to be having positive possession. Both teams seem to be, you know, wanting to get that first goal. Uh, Toronto was having good possession as we were us, Orlando City. Um, We, you know, there was that 15-minute spell where we were all over them. And then all of a sudden, Toronto would turn around and have a good chance. So, yeah, um, you know, like here on the 19th minute, which is my next uh, game note, I say Juan just lets the ball easily fall to Osorio like he's afraid to kick the ball out for a corner. And, again, that comes from the possession. Um, They had decent possession. They came up the field. They got a cross in. And Juan just, like, watched the uh, player take a shot. He just, instead of... um, Instead of just kicking it out, he kind of watched the ball go past him as if he didn't know Osorio was there. I'm sure he got a shout, and if he didn't, then that's a problem, and we need to work on our communication in the backfield. But yeah, so um, he just kind of watched it, and Osorio got a shot, and luckily uh, nothing came of it. Next, one minute later, we go up the field off of the goal kick, and Dwyer gets a chance. Dwyer gets a great chance. He actually gets a very similar chance to the one he scored against Toronto last season in our 2-1 victory. Um, He turns the defender. He has a wide open space. Doesn't really have to, he dribbles into it and all he has to do is connect a hard shot on target. Probably would have been saved, but you know what? That just shows that he's lacking confidence. You know, it could be, it could be because he did pass the ball out to Nani. He could have like thinking in his mind, ooh, Nani's like a a world-class player. I need to get the ball to him. But you know what? When you're on confidence and you're on form, he takes that shot. Dwyer, 10 times out of 10, when he is on confident and on form, he will take that shot. So that just shows, next game, I don't want him to start. You know, if he's not going to get a confidence booster from starting, giving the starting, being given the starting role, starting role, oh, I can't talk right now, being given the starting role when last game he missed that open opportunity, if that doesn't give him confidence, then I'm not going to play him. I'd rather see Mueller start up top and put Akindele on the wing or put Akindele up top and Mueller on the wing. Or shoot, put Coleman up there. Like, why isn't he given a chance, you know? All Orlando City fans want to see Coleman except James O'Connor. It's ridiculous. Anyways, on to the next note. Um, 23rd minute, class pass from Pozuelo. Need to be wary of that. And uh, it was. He had a little dink over the top, and um, their player got a good touch on it. Or, no, their player didn't get a good touch on it. That's right. It was just a little too – it was a bad touch, I believe, by their player. I could be wrong. But in 23rd minute, if you want to go back and check it out, Pozuelo has a great little dink pass over the top. And we did need to be wary of that. Um, And that kind of cost us, as we will see later in the game. On to the 29th minute. Great cross, great shot, and great save. Pretty soccer overall. Probably one of our best sequences of the season so far. Akindele works extremely hard to get the ball. Goes up the field, crosses it to Will Johnson, um, who puts in a fantastic shot. And it's a great save by their goalie. Just, again, pretty soccer overall. After that, I thought we had neutralized Pozuelo quite well. The only thing I really saw him do was that one chipped pass. Other than that, we had we had him in our pocket, and he wasn't really doing anything. And I thought he was going to destroy us this game, and he ended up not. So that was great. 
On to the 34th minute, I say, what a touch and cross by Nani. We are knocking on the door. Udi Rossell with an inch-perfect pass as well. This is true. Udi Rossell put a ball over the top for Nani. It was inch-perfect right in his path. Didn't have to slow down or speed up to get to the ball. And Nani with a perfect first touch puts in a cross, and we almost score. I thought we were going to score within the next couple minutes after that attack. Um, 36th minute, uh we did almost score. We had all the momentum um, with the Janssen and Sané chance. Uh, if you remember, I believe Sané crossed it in and Janssen went for the acrobatic shot and almost went in, if not for a save by the goalkeeper. Um, yeah, we had all the momentum. And then Toronto turned around and in the 43rd minute, it was a 3v3. We had almost conceded. Um, that came from... I believe a Dwyer shot ricochets off of Michael Bradley for a block. And then it's 3v3. Um, and I, I'm sitting there going, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. They're coming, they're coming. Um, luckily, Will Johnson, I think, played a part in this. He sprinted back at full speed. And, um, you know, I think just out of the corner of their eye, they saw Will Johnson coming back. So they might have sped things up a bit. And luckily, nothing came of the attack. But all in all, um, oh, actually, I was thinking of a different attack. Um, that attack led to a cross. Will Johnson did run back, but Will, that, that, that attack led to a cross, and Juan crossed, or, uh, kicked it out for a corner. That's right. That's right. I'm thinking of the wrong attack. Okay, so they come up the field. They put a cross in. Will Johnson's sprinting back. The defenders are back. And Juan puts in puts in a great touch around the post to uh, put it out for a corner. And then I wrote, Juan is very inconsistent at defending. Because earlier, if you remember, he was the one who let the ball easily fall to Osorio. And I said he's afraid to kick the ball out for a corner. And then this time, he goes and does it. So, you know, maybe I'm harsh on him. Maybe he... Maybe he's just inconsistent. I don't know. But, um, you know, he's a great attacking threat. And obviously, I think he's our starting right back. But if he could just shore up his defense a bit, that would be fantastic. And that goes for everybody on the back line, of course. Now, at halftime, I said halftime comes at the perfect time for Toronto FC. And then I said 11 shots. Holy crap. When was the last time we had 11 shots in eight corners and a half? I mean, we were all over Toronto. We were all over them. We just weren't being clinical, unfortunately. On to the players I was talking about earlier. At the end of each half, I like to say the three best players and the three worst players. And uh, for me, Johnson was the best player of the half. Nani was the second best player. And Moutinho was the third. As for the worst player of the half, I don't hate the guy. This isn't just because everybody's hating him. I did think Dwyer was the worst player of the half. Every time he got in a good position, he either missed his shot, a uh, bad touch. You know, he just wasn't doing well. I also thought Mendez, someone who I have praised over the course of the season, that had a p- terrible half. And um, Juan was the third worst player of the half. Finally, to shore up the first half, I said fantastic attacking half, but we must finish our chances if we want to win. On to the second half now. Um... I wrote, whether we'll be getting to Toronto, Mueller in the 70th minute could be a game-winning decision. Too bad it was not, as we were already um, one nil down by then. 
47th minute. Good save by Rowe off the free kick. I believe uh, Michael Bradley took it. And uh, it was a good save. It was a pretty good save. Um, you know, he should have made the save anyway, but, you know, big ups to him for making it. As for the 55th minute, I say we are vulnerable on our left side. Combination of Nani not defending and Moutinho being inexperienced. They were attacking our left side. I think their coach saw that. They saw that our left side is pretty weak and they just came right at us. They came right at that left side and all of their attacks came from that left side for most of the game after that. Um, five minutes later in the 60th minute, all Toronto, Brian Rowe with another amazing save. He was amazing today. Best performance of the season by him, um, especially in the second half. And it was good. It was good to finally see one of one of our keepers putting in another big performance. So the last time I saw a performance like this was Joe Bendick. Um, I'm trying to think of the game it was. Was it the Galaxy or was it Columbus? I can't quite remember, but Joe Bendick put in a big performance against one of those teams. And, um, yeah, Brian Rowe with a massive performance here. Um, five minutes later from that save, 65th minute goal for Toronto. I said this one falls on Juan for being totally out of position. Sané and Rossell also get beat too easily by Osorio. Take nothing away from Osorio. It was fantastic. Fantastic dribbling play, but at the end of the day, I think either one of Rossell or um, Sané have to get a touch on that ball. Neither of them do, and he puts it into that back right corner. Speaking on the goal, I also want to talk about Michael Bradley. Um, I thought he was key in the goal. If you go back 20 seconds before the goal, um, their def- one of their defenders has the ball. I think they're left back. And he's holding on to the ball, and we are putting pressure on him. Oops. We're putting pressure on him. And Michael Bradley sprints over to him and gets into some space. So he has an outlet. Ball goes to Michael Bradley. Ball goes all the way up to Jonathan Osorio, who ends up putting the ball in the back of the net. This is my problem with people who like to say Michael Bradley is overrated. You know, I heard the other day, Michael Bradley is the most overrated player in MLS in the world. Even everybody loves him and he is terrible. He just does the, the things that people don't really see, not the things that catch the eye. He doesn't go off and score 20 goals a season as a midfielder, maybe get 15 assists a season as a midfielder. No, instead he goes sprints and gets into that space, turns one, two touch, finds Jonathan Osorio puts him in, and Osorio does the rest. Um, Udi Rossell wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, you know, most central midfielders wouldn't have been able to do that. To find that little pocket of space that their defender with two Orlando City players on him would be able to pass him the ball as an outlet, it's really just smart play by him overall. Um, in terms of... The rest of the half, nothing much happened. All the way, 12 minutes later, the next thing I wrote was goal. Their next goal for Toronto. Um, Poor defending as Toronto get through way too easily, getting over the top twice, and the ball gets fired in between Rose's legs. We switched off. And we did. We switched off terribly. Um, They get in over the top once. It's a 1v1. Rowe makes a fantastic save in a 1v1 situation. The ball comes back out. They put the ball over the top again, same situation as before. This time it's a little bit to the right, 
and just a powerful shot in between Rowe's legs. Nothing wrong with Rowe there. Um, it happens. You know, the ball fizzes past him. There's nothing he could have done. It was such a powerful shot by their player, and we're down 2-0. The only other thing that happened really that was worth note was 11 minutes later in the 88th minute. Another amazing save, this time by the Toronto goalie as Dwyer's shot from close is saved. It is a good shot. I do think Dwyer should have put that in the back of the net, but uh, at the end of the day, it was a fantastic save. On to the three best players of the second half. Rowe, obviously. Moutinho, um, I thought he had a good attacking half, whereas his defending half, defensive half wasn't that good. And then Akindele. Um, in terms for the three worst players of the half, Kleshton, who came on as a substitute, Mendez as the second worst, and Juan as the third worst. Full game sentence or review. Poor second half let us down as we allow Toronto to come to our home and win. Uh, I hate losing at home, and we do it all the time, and I think we need to fix that. You know, I'm used to, when I played soccer, it was we don't lose at home. No matter what, we do not lose at home. And Orlando City just don't seem to have that mantra. Don't seem to think that it's okay to lose. They think it's okay to lose at home, and really it's not. And um, I really think we need to uh, we need to fix that about us. On to some tactical questions, as this game um, really did have some big tactical questions from me for Jason O'Connor. Um, Jason, James O'Connor. I get their names mixed up all the time, and that's because they're kind of similar to me. Um, you know, he's almost like James O'Christ to me sometimes. Like, why can't why can't you just do tactics correctly? Or maybe not incorrectly, just smart, smart tactics. Um, as for the first one, I said, why question? The man can't run. He jogs around the pitch every single game, especially in a high-paced game such as this. This game was such a high-paced game. We're going back and forth. The game is open. We are attacking, they're attacking. We're attacking, they're attacking. And I can, I can see, I can see what he's thinking. He's thinking question has quality. Question can put in a killer pass. He can get us an assist that leads to a goal. And that works sometimes. In the Colorado game, in the attack that led to the uh, to the penalty that Dwyer should have scored, instead uh, let, ended up being a penalty. He got bailed out. Um, he plays in a beautiful, beautiful over-the-top pass to Juan, who puts the cross in that leads to the handball. A, a beautiful pass. Um, perfect weight, perfect position, everything. You know, and I can see it. But this wasn't the game for Clushton. He gets put in to the uh, to the game, and immediately, immediately, we are playing terrible because he doesn't run. The man doesn't run. He jogs around the pitch. You know, he might make a sprint or two, but he he's Johnson was the workhorse in the middle today. Um, Will Johnson was so important to the game, and the fact that he was taken off, um, unless he was injured or just like dead, dead, dead tired because of the heat, he needed to stay into the game. And even even that, um, my next case was why Johnson instead of Mendez. Um, Johnson was top-notch today. He was top-notch today. He um, was showing up against his old club. He was putting in a performance. Um, probably one of the best performances I've seen in Orlando City jersey, to be honest. And uh, so, yeah, why him? I thought Mendez was poor today. If you're going to bring Clushton on, for John, for a player, you put him on for Mendez, not for Johnson. Johnson was the wrong player 
for him to uh, sub off. And then, um, yeah, like, instead of question, why not put Hagita on? Hagita's a workhorse, too. If Johnson is that dead, then put Higita on. If Mendez is that dead, put Higita on. We also have Coman, who can play in the middle. This was not the game for question, and I think James O'Connor got it wrong, and I do think it cost us this game because we were nil-nil when question came into the game. When question came into the game, it was nil-nil. He comes on, he jogs around, he did absolutely nothing, and that is why he was my worst player of the half. He, His introduction changed the game negatively for us. And so I think James O'Connor got it wrong, and I think he is totally at fault for the loss in this game. Okay, not totally at fault, but like 80%. Because the players, we had the chances, um, we, they didn't put them away. 20% has to go to the players for not putting away our chances. But at the end of the day, the manager makes the substitutions, the manager does the tactics, and his tactics were wrong with the question substitution. Um, Coman came on too late, Mueller came on too late, and they just didn't really have an impact. Also, before um, Rossell got subbed on, the announcers were talking about Smith was going to come on for Huan. Now, I don't know if Huan um, was just tired, but this was like before the Rossell switch. And I know Rossell did get an injury, but right before that, they were saying Smith is going to come on for Huan. Um, that could just be because Huan was tired, but if not, what is that switch? It's nil-nil. You're making a, a defensive switch? Like, okay, you don't have to go and chase the game, but Smith is a way more defensive change than we would have needed at that time. Huan was fine on the field, and he brings an, an outlet in terms of attack. I just don't think that was the correct decision. Um, that would have been the correct decision, I guess. And so, yeah, my my questions for for James O'Connor are just like, why why question this game? You know, why why not Higita who was on the bench? Why not Coman who was on the bench who did end up coming in and had a great game and everything? But just like, question wasn't it? Question just was not the um, the correct answer. On to the uh, stats of the game. There's only one stat I really want to look at, and it's uh, shots and shots on goal. Um, Orlando City had 18 shots today, two on target. Toronto had 13 shots today, nine on target. And I think that tells you everything you need to know about the game. Orlando City had more chances, and they were not clinical. Toronto had less chances and they were clinical. And at the end of the day, all that matters is that you're clinical with your chances. I mean, I guess I'll look at this one as well. 11 corner kicks for Orlando, four corner kicks for Toronto. Seven saves for Orlando, two saves for Toronto. It's just not good enough, guys. It's not good enough. We have to be more clinical in front of goal. And that falls on Dwyer, falls on Akindele. Falls on Nani. Um, you know, they're our front three. They have to be putting balls in the back of the net. And at the end of the day, they're not doing it right now. Um, I think Dwyer needs to be benched. And I think 
I don't know. I feel like I want to. I want to see Mueller have a go at striker, at striker, striker, not right wing, not right mid. I want him to have a go at striker. That's where he played at University of Wisconsin. That's where I want to see him play next game. Maybe put Mueller, Nani, and Coleman up against Atlanta. I know we won't, but yeah, that's what I would love to see. To finish off this Toronto game, before we go ahead and preview the Atlanta game, I'm going to do some player ratings. So for Rowe, I gave him an 8 out of 10. Definitely his best performance of the season. Juan, I gave him a 5 out of 10. Janssen, a 5 out of 10. Sané, a 5 out of 10. Moutinho, a 6 out of 10. Johnson, 9 out of 10. He was my man of the match. Rossell, 5 out of 10. Pretty average performance from him. Mendez, 2 out of 10. His worst performance of the season, in um, my opinion. Akindele, 6 out of 10. Dwyer, 3 out of 10. I do want to give him credit for getting into scoring positions, but you got to finish your chances, man. Like, you got to finish your chances, especially that one in the, like, 20th minute. You've got to shoot that. And then he just wasn't finishing chances the rest of the game. Nani, 5 out of 10, pretty average from him as well. Subs, question 0 out of 10. He was my worst player of the game. Mueller, 4 out of 10. Coleman, 3 out of 10. They just didn't really have enough time to impact the game as it was already over at 2-0. Moving on, uh, we have Atlanta next week, um, Sunday at 2.30. So, you know, actually 2.40, 2.45. You know, I just think that's kind of weird. I've always thought it's kind of weird. You know, over in England, um, you know, when you watch any of those games play, when it says on ESPN that game starts at 3, guess what? The whistle starts at 3 p.m. on the dot. You know, it's just kind of weird for me. Um, So over here, when it says on ESPN, game starts at 2.30, Game starts at 2.40. I don't know why, it just does. Um, Atlanta lined up in their last game against Sporting Kansas City, um, and they won 3-0, I believe. They lined up with Guzan on goal, Parkhurst, Gonzalez, Robinson, Escobar along their back four, left to right. Nagby, P.T. Martinez, and Remedy in the middle. And Barco on the left, Martinez in the middle, Gressel on the right wing at the front. Barco will not be in the game as he is going to be on international duty. So we might see Vialba up there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Breck Shea in at left back as a uh, kind of a, uh, you know, in MLS, like Breck Shea used to play for us and teams seem to always start their former players against them. So like um, Scott Sutter hasn't really been seen a lot of minutes for Vancouver, yet he started against us, and that's because he used to play for us. And, you know, that's like whatever. You know, I get it. Um, also on the bench was Pogba, Florentin Pogba, and Lorenowitz. All players, uh, minus Pogba and Shea, I guess, Vialba and Lorenowitz have um, had big impacts on Orlando City games before against Atlanta. So, yeah, also in the middle of the week, Atlanta played Toronto, and they won 2-0, so they will be uh, they will be tired. Um, they will be very tired and hopefully we can take advantage of that. We can go into their home and, uh, we are on, I think eight days rest and they're on three or four. So hopefully we can go in there and, you know, put on a class performance and maybe squeak out with like a three, two win because we, we can't defend Martinez is going to score against us, but if Dwyer, Nani and whoever else is up top 
are firing on all cylinders, I think we can get some goals past their defense. Um, also, I want to talk about uh, two very big ties outside of America, and that is going to be Barcelona versus Liverpool, where Liverpool destroyed Barcelona 4-0, and Tottenham versus Ajax, where Tottenham won 3-1, 3-2. They won 3-2 on the day. Yeah. Um, congratulations to Liverpool and Tottenham. Insane comebacks. Um, never in a million years would I think that those games would end the way they did, especially after seeing Ajax go 2-0 up. It was great to see. Um, great to see, I guess, like just the fact that a team can come back from 2-0 down. I personally hate Tottenham. I'm a massive Arsenal fan as well as Orlando City fan. I did not want to see them in the final. I was pretty pissed when that 95th minute goal went in. But in terms of the sport, it's great to see that a team can come from 3-0 down two times in the same week, Liverpool and Tottenham. Um, In terms of the Tottenham game, I think Ajax should have attacked. Um, That's what they're best at. I think they should have played a high-pressing game like they've been doing. Instead, they sat off, and that was a recipe for disaster. All right, everybody, that about sums it all up. Um, would like to thank you all for listening. I do appreciate it. Um, I know it's late in the week. It's been a busy week. I am a busy person. I am going to try and get the next episode out earlier next week. And uh, hopefully I can. Hopefully it'll be out by like Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday at the earliest. That would be lovely. And uh, obviously Thursday or Friday at the latest. Um, hope you all have a good day, rest of your day, and um, fuck Atlanta.